Our program today is going to be focused on, our, our title for the show is Smart Toys for Smart Girls and Boys. And uh, someone I, who I've just enjoyed talking with a lot in the past is Sherry Camp, who is with us right now. Sherry, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's so great to be back. I'm glad to have you with us. Sherry is a PR professional, but you also, I know, are, are very, uh, because of that, locked into social media. Correct. And you've talked a lot about that, but you're also a mom. you got a couple of kids. Do, yeah. Two smart, smart girls, and uh, it's always hard to keep them entertained as well as, you know, busy and Uh and not bored also. And we also have with you somebody from that Gross Point school system that you're part of, and that's uh, Sean Carroll here with us. He's a social studies teacher and a technology teacher there. Sean, good to have you here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Hey, what we want to do today is talk about making smart decisions about getting... um, toys for kids at this time of year for the different holidays that are out there that will not only be something that will entertain them, but be something that will help them to learn. And we, we by the way, on the homepage, we've linked to a, a number of different articles that have got a great spread of things to look at. But from your personal experience, Sherry, I want to know as a mom mm-hmm. and somebody who was really into the technology, what are some of the things that you've given your kids to play with? Well, uh, games especially, um, because it helps them to interact. It helps them with their strategy. It also helps them to create an environment where they know that they have to cooperate as well as compete. Ah. And then on top of that, they like to tinker. So I want to give them things that they can use with their hands, whether it be small or large, but that they can also have standing alone and then create and build on to after that. And do the toys tend to last beyond, let's say, the holiday season, the holiday, you know, like a few months maybe or even if that long? We have some toys that have been with us probably 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. uh, which is incredible. And we start playing with them as little kids, just showing them how, and they're fascinated by the way that it works. And then they take off from there. Uh, and they put it on the shelf sometimes, and then sure. they come back to it. But yeah, we, in our house, we have a, a stack of games, and we have a, a bunch of toys that are mm-hmm. always on the shelf that we can always go back to. Any particular one that's been a favorite for the girls? Uh, Flux is a great game. Uh, Flux? Yes. So Flux is, is a game that uh, you create the rules by the cards that you lay down. Oh. And so you have to follow the rules that are actually laid down. So each game is different every single time. Oh. And for my girls who really like to control the game, that, <laughs> that plays right into their strengths. So. I, I, Eddie, what were some of the things that you had at your house? Well, growing up, uh, with eight brothers and sisters, I don't think we had any board games, so it was very surprising <laughs> um, with, uh, being introduced and raising, you know, with my wife, yeah. raising two kids. Her family were all about board games ah. and having a board game night, and when you go on vacation with no TVs, you bring up board games, and her whole families, your eight brothers and sisters and, and our kids, and, and that tradition has carried on, and they, they, they discover new games, they Facebook each other about these games, and it's really kept them out of trouble, because they have other friends that enjoy these types of board games, these challenges that would last for several hours. And sure, you've been, it's interesting, because there's a lot of things that happen in using a game, as you said, strategy, mm-hmm. cooperation, and things like that, that are basic principles that will be well, good for them for anything. Oh, absolutely. Sean, how about you when you were growing up? What were some of your favorite games? You know, I think the absolute best thing that my brother and I loved to play with was Legos. I mean, it, not the most advanced tech savvy or anything sure. like that, but we have enough Legos, I'm sure, to stock, you know, <laughs> Toys R Us for the upcoming season. It's insane the amount of Legos that we have, but um, we would use them, and just like every kid, you get to run wild with your imagination. So um, we loved, you know, building up cities, and we loved tearing down cities, and, you know, it was, just, it was the most okay. versatile toy. that we Legos had. have been around for how many years now? It's been a... 
Oh shoot, I don't I don't have that. Anybody have that handy? How long Legos has been around? Somebody will Google that while we're they talking. They will. Right they will. I want to say it was fifties. I was going to say I yes. Think so, yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Cal, how about you? In terms of your own your up- upbringing, you what know, board games toys? when I was a kid or favorite toys. Uh, well, board games, I uh, we used to play Monopoly when it was an actual subdivision in the city here. Uh, <laughs> it was that old. No, Monopoly was always uh, uh, big. We loved puzzles. My mom ah. would go and buy puzzles, you know, 5,000-piece puzzles, yeah, yeah. picture of, I don't know, hieroglyphics, and lay it on the table. And then as a family, over the course of a month or whatever amount of time it would take, we would, you know, you'd, you'd come in from playing, you'd walk by the table, oh, you put three pieces in if you could find them, and you'd go on about the business until we actually assumed the, the puzzle completely. So that was big back then. As far as toys, are you talking about high-tech back then? Well, whatever, but yes, whatever was high-tech back in the Stone Age. You know. <laughs> oh, gee, I, you know, that's hard to read. Smooth you know, rocks? There was a lot of manufacturing <laughs> toys back then where you could like ah. put things together or assemble them. Uh, model cars, uh, yeah. vacuum toys, uh, uh, building sets where you could actually build skyscrapers. Those were big back then. So they were you know, creative, but yet you know, they gave you something to do to play with. Yeah, I'm going to go back to it. Uh, Lincoln Logs. That's how far I go back. Well, then, you, then the now you're talking Tinker Toy. Tinker Toys, exactly. Uh, you're talking uh, pickup sticks, uh, and then the, th- the barrel. Well, there full, are the erector sets Barrel too. full of monkeys, where you have to reach in. They're all hooked together. <laughs> you know, all those crazy ones. Yeah. But I think uh, because we have people here in the studio generally who have ended up in technology. The two of you guys, uh, you know, as uh, tech troubleshooters, th- was there something in particular that you found that you think back to as kind of like the beginning of, you know, your tinkering. I had an electronics kit when I was a kid. There you go. And then I would make the AM radios. I would be able to transmit with them. I would be able to make the LED flash. But this was in the early 70s. You really couldn't do much with it. And nowadays, uh, Sherry, there are some kits that are out there right now that I'm I'm fascinated by. Uh, One I saw was called Little Bits, but you've got one here in the studio. Which one is that, uh, Sean? Uh, this is the electronic snap kits, which actually Sherry brought in. <laughs> so snap circuits, snap kits, um, and you can't overload any of the circuits, which is wonderful, yeah. right? So there, there's no fire hazard in this, um, but you can launch uh, a helicopter propeller mm-hmm. or you can make a siren go. You have the LEDs, you have all of the, the lights and the flashes, and you have interrupters and you have switches on this. Uh, so it can take you from elemental pieces and circuits all the way up to connecting it to actual real circuits. Wow. Okay, as soon as he busted it out of the box, now I remember uh, we used to get the electronics kits yeah. back then that had the little springs all over the That's board. That's what I'm talking about, the Radio Shack kits. Yeah, that and you can, you know, it's like, you know, 6,001 uh, yep. uh, things in one. You could build a radio or but a radar detector. But you could detector. overload the circuits on those. Well, no, uh, those ran on battery. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah, but never hook a car battery up, I found that out. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to you, Ed. Hey, we're going to be back in just a moment to continue our conversation about smart toys for smart girls and boys with Sherry Cam and Sean McCarroll, along with our internet advisors. One of our biggest resources is our homepage, internetadvisor.net. That's where you'll find uh, Ed's toolkit that he's put together, where you can find all sorts of 
programs to help keep your pro- your computer safe or to uh, clean it up in case it's been hit by a virus. You'll also find our show notes, which contains a whole lot of resources other than the things we talk about, including some of the things we talk about on the air. So, for instance, today we're talking about smart toys for smart girls and boys with Sherry Kim, who is a, a PR a professional and also a mom. And we're talking with Sean McCarroll, who's a social studies and technology teacher at Gross Point North High School. Um, but you'll find links to them on uh, Parbid 2, for instance, other sites that have a whole bunch of these top educational gifts for kids, etc. Mm-hmm. Denny Hall, I want to p- kind of keep on picking your brains, though. Uh, Sherry, what are, you, you mentioned Snap Kits, and we have that one in here in the studio with us. Uh, by the way, are these very expensive? The Snap Circuits are, are relatively inexpensive. I mean, they can run anywhere from 30 to about 100, you know, okay. depending on, on how large the kit actually is. And they have is. other modules that the, you can build mm-hmm. on into this. Okay, they so it, you can start with a base and then build on to that. And that's what's so great about it, because you want something that's modular so that they can increase with their interest. You know, you Very want good. complexities and, and things like that. That probably is a good point, I would think, if you're going to buy some sort of a tech thing is to have that ability to build modules. Right. I mean, that's why I asked my wife to buy me a uh, rid some power tools last month <laughs> or last year for Christmas. That way they could buy me the Zawsaw adapter this year <laughs> and next year the, I love the power. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, Ed's got that whole modular thing down. <laughs> That's right. It's an anticipation, right? We, we have to teach them how to anticipate those other things that there, we want to do. There we go. What are some of the other things that you found in particular that have caught your interest? Well, as, as the kids grew up, we started, again, like Sean said, um, there were blocks all over the house. I mean, we went from Duplo to Lego to Mindstorms. I mean, we really progressed with Lego when we grew up, or my girls grew up with Lego. Um, and so Mindstorms is where they ultimately landed with it, which is, of course, a pro- programmable brick uh, that allows oh. them to uh, make a robot, and it's a full robot, to go someplace, but they have to learn how to code in order to be able to make it work. No, so what, you build the robot, and yes. then you can code it. That's correct. Yes. Now, tell me what you mean by coding it, because some people are listening and saying, code, what does that mean? Well, they actually have to get onto the computer uh, and, and tell the robot how to turn, how many times, whether they want it to loop. Oh, fascinating. And then you can write in codes like if for sensors, then with a response or a decision tree, uh, and and or, so wow, it can it right. can multifunction and it can multitask. Right. So it's it's it, it, you know these type of toys are are gradual. So first they they get it to learn to move forward, and then they go. I wonder if I can get it to do approach the wall and then automatically turn around. So you get the kid's mind working mm. uh, as well, and then. And then they get the passion to want to learn how to do the next code. And they, yeah, and right. they see the connection between yes. the code, which is numbers and symbols, et cetera, and actions that are going on. Yes, Sean, when these kids come into your high school, Gross Point North mm-hmm. High School, and you get them in the classroom, have you found that they've got a higher level of um, information about technology than you maybe have ever imagined? You know, I'm actually, I was surprised this year at, just how little they actually knew about a lot of these technologies. Oh, really? You know, and especially being not that long since I've been out of high school and out of college, I I had assumed that these kids would, having smartphones and access to this technology, mm. that they'd have a, a greater intuition. Nope, it, it just works. It Exactly. And they don't understand, especially now we're, we're talking about coding, that with with apps and with phones, everything is run by those commands. And they don't they don't see that side. They see that the visual fun color. Sure, they're side. consumers. Exactly. Much more exactly. consumers than that. Um, so we we start and we did a, a little coding unit in in the class that I teach, the technology class, and some of them were 
were fascinated to see that they could make those things happen oh, themselves. Oh, that's cool. Okay, yeah. and they caught they kind of caught the vision for that kind of thing. Right, right. So even though they had an experience in their home, now in the classroom, but you're providing them an opportunity to do that. E- exactly, and that's why I had not previously been familiar with these Lego Mindstorms, and when I saw that, it was the coolest thing ever because that's when you can take those robots that they mm-hmm. invent and design and create and make them do stuff. Now, are you bringing some of those toys into the classroom? Oh, I certainly will be. I certainly <laughs> will be. And, and, and... And this is a point that you and I were talking about. It really takes impassioned parents and teachers Ah. to introduce this curriculum and alternate uh, teaching methods to children. We had the same at our school, and we had a couple teachers that were just impassioned, and they brought the STEM program in, you know, eight years ago. You know, Clarkston had an excellent program, and then... You know, we caught and you the were bug, in Brandon, and we were in Brandon, and right. then they did good. And then, as soon as these teachers left, the whole program crumbled. Ah. And so, it really is up to the parents to uh, to talk to the school boards and and impassioned teachers. Now, there's an impassioned person who's a part of the school system. There, exactly. Sherry, you are very impassioned at, at Gross Point, certainly. Absolutely, yes, yes, yes. And we try to put as much as in front of the kids as we possibly can. And I was looking at a study at how intuitive four and five year olds are and they can figure things out by working it they have no qualms about trying and trying again and Mm. trying again but by the time they get to high school and college they're reluctant yep they've had their wrists slapped so many times at some point you know really and that's now that she brings that up i was also a camp counselor and uh, assistant director for our our summer day camp Mm -hmm. um, in gross point and i got to work with kids that I don't normally see because they were elementary school and to see the kids working with Legos and Connects and excited to show you and explain what they had created. It'll be interesting to see in a couple years when I have those kids in the high school to see just how much Ah. they've changed because it's kind of like we we beat that out of them by the time they show up to high school and it's that is well, that's and it's scary. Just, it's also it, interesting. It, well, too. it's just not us. The it's not the parents, and it's not the teachers, and it's all it's also other students, and it's just everything. That's it's true. It's, social it's, pressures. It's, it's social pressures. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, Sherry, any any other games in particular that you? I want to make sure that if you've got some that have really been special for you and your family. Well, leading up to a couple of things. I mean, marble runs, uh, they're simple and logical, but uh, there are some that have elevators and uh, me- mechanisms and gears uh, and are suspended so that you can... Was that marble more. runs? Mm-hmm. And various levels of marble runs. But we have one that is actually five feet tall. Uh, and it, the wow. uh, the actual marble run itself is suspended oh. with cables. And so the marble has to take its its turn and its run all the way it's through. It's like the it. opening of the, of the, the TV series Elementary. Where the marble goes down the different kind of like a Rube Goldberg thing, yes. it goes down these different chutes and ladders. Yes. And- you know, what's really unique and, and fun to watch about this, and unfortunately, folks on radio, you can't see the smile and the warmth <laughs> that comes across this woman's face. Obviously, she likes to play with toys. Ah, and she has I a never good time. Grew up. She <laughs> has a good time. Maybe that's part of the secret too. It is. Is, is the parent enjoying playing? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and well, and that, playing alongside. And that was one of the greatest rewards of becoming a parent is becoming a child again through your kids you know very good you know i i have to admit that some people do it through sports some people do it through education it's for most kids it's it's for most parents it's becoming a kid again or like me you just don't grow up and stay a kid (laughs) the whole darn time (laughs) we don't watch it peter pan (laughs) this is about his match (laughs) and cal carson you don't want to grow up any other by the way one of the things uh you and, and are looking at some of the background of this thing this is moving into a little more elaborate kind of things um, you were comparing something called Raspberry Pi mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. Arduino, and Twinkle. Just explain them kind of quickly, if you mm-hmm. could. Uh, Raspberry Pi is a microcomputer. It is a credit card-sized, standalone, actual computer. Uh, and so if you input in an SD card with your code, you can have it do absolutely anything. You can connect it to an LED board and have things light up. Uh, You can actually run things off of it, Um, but because there's no program that sits on top of it or anything that runs in the background, it is lightning fast. And it's it's portable. Um, And then when we talk about Arduino and the other thing that's called LilyTwink or um, ProtoSnap LilyPad, those are controllers. And so they actually have to be connected to a computer in order to be able to work. But it's like having uh, a switchboard in front of you so that you can create uh, a keyboard out of everyday objects. Or you can create a Christmas tree out of components and lights and LEDs and switches. That so this have. is a little more advanced, but each... Ca- it in is. other words, if you're building on this... It, it is, yeah, those need to have programming, and they do need to be told what to do mm-hmm. as part of that coding. So um, would you use one of those devices to, like, you know, as I see on TV all the time when people are have those mad Christmas tree light demonstrations, you would use yeah. something That's a that? good example. Could. That's exactly Absolutely. it. Yep, Absolutely. yep. Um, there was, I know, I, I just saw a news story just the other day of a 14-year-old in Chile that had used an Arduino, and he programmed it to sense earthquakes, and then it automatically sent wow. tweets out, and there's like 300,000 followers to this Twitter account. because Extremely it's, important. It sends that, and he was a year in, ahead of the Chilean government that was also working oh. on that project. So it's and he's funny, 14. And he's 14 years old, and he was able to use Astounding. an Arduino, programmed it to then alert people when earthquakes were coming. Now, I realize, folks, as we're talking about this, we're, we're throwing a lot of terms out, and, and we'll try to link to some of these things on our, our homepage, so you can delve into it a little bit more. Yeah, but I mean, if they ha- if, if you're, you're a parent that has a child that's in the uh, robotics program, they would be interested in these three devices. Excellent point. Very, very good point. Hey, uh, well, we're going to take a little pause right now. And and Sean McCarroll, we're going to talk with you when we come back about something that you've developed as a teacher called the Innovation Lab at Gross Point North High School. Really been interested to see what that is uh, because of some exciting things that potentially are going to be coming out of that. Yeah. We'll be coming back to talk with Sean about that. Sherry Cameron Studio along with Ed Rudell and Kel Carson.